Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you Again, I want to repeat something, and we just thank you guys for being here on Memorial. We know a lot of plans, a lot of people had plans uh, today, but uh, give yourselves a hand for waking up, getting dressed, and coming to the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. You started off your day well. Praise God. Started off your day well. I agree. Um, I just want to go ahead and go over something before we get into this today, uh, again, she mentioned the barbecue fundraiser. I know we're like pumping it up and all that, but Adrian's burgers are actually really good. So I will say uh, true to that. And it's on June 11th, guys, just, uh, just so you could keep that in mind. I know we said next week, but it's June 11th. And um, you might feel like uh, $15 is a lot. Remember, it's just helping and blessing our kids. And um, um, we're living during inflation anyway, so... We have, to, we have to pump it up a little bit just to cover some of the costs for, for VVS. Amen? All right. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for this time that we were able to pray for baby Celeste. Lord God, as she's coming into this world and Betsy, as she's about to give birth, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this memorial weekend. I, I pray that people would not just um, um, celebrate uh, in chaos, but in order, and, um, and also with remembrance of why we celebrate it. So we thank you. We thank you because many of us have an extra day off, and, and we pray that we would be able, starting today, to celebrate well and have a good time with our families, with our kids, with our friends, with whatever it is that we have planned. Um, I thank those that made it here, those that are watching, those that will watch, um, Lord, that we would have a good Memorial Weekend ahead of us and a Memorial Day tomorrow. Bless this word. Let it be teachable. Let it land on good soil. And um, let it strengthen us today. It's in Jesus' name. And we say, amen. amen. So, so check this out, guys. We're getting into Memorial Day. Obviously, tomorrow it's Memorial Day weekend. And I figured, um, as the Lord was turning my heart, I, it, it was one of those things and I won't blame the heat's loss yesterday for it because I, <laughs> I already had the message titled. But um, I was like, man, Lord, what, you know, what, what, can they, what can we do? What can we say and what can we, if I were to title this? And I thought about service and I thought about the, um, the image, the picture, and the reverence of service and where it is and where it once was and where it should be and where it's at in some of our lives, where it's not at. You know, all those different dynamics, every single one of us, it's personal. So I titled today's message, since it's Memorial Day weekend, and you'll see why I titled this. It's called A Memorial to Service. And uh, not that service is dead, uh, but I want to give honor to that which is service, and service unto the Lord and service unto others. Amen? Memorial Day is a day to remember, and uh, when we come we should remember it where it's a day to remember those who have died in our nation's service. We do honor, like on Veterans Day, everyone that has served. Liz, who's a veteran, came up here and opened up the service, and we honor her. And uh, she was speaking a little bit about that. Um, but we have to remember that there are many who served that did not make it, that gave their lives um, for the service. And they, they, 
You, you could just imagine that, all right? And that's what Memorial Day is about. The millions, you could, you could just think about that, that have died in the service, for their service, for this country, for freedom, for families. Think about all the families that have uh, been impacted and affected by their contribution, their sacrifice to serve, families that have been hit because their family members have laid down their lives on the line for the freedom of others. And that's what Memorial is all about. And I know we flip burgers and we eat hot dogs and we have whatever it is that we do, we go to the pool, whatever it is that you have planned. But we know that on moments like this, there are families whose hearts are heavy because, hey, they've lost someone so that we could have the ability to have that freedom. I believe and feel, as I was thinking about Memorial Day, that often the reason why so many, well, first off, often many take it for granted, service for granted. And I believe that there's a reason for that, because if it's not close to us, then it's unfamiliar to us. And unfamiliarity can cause lack of empathy and lack of care. And I think that's what happens with something like Memorial Day, where it's not close to many of us. To some of you it is, because you served. Or you are a family member of someone who served, or a friend. But if, it's not, if you're not in that situation, it's unfamiliar. And that creates that lack of empathy, lack of care. So, as we're having this conversation about service, I thought about some things that relate to our service unto the Lord. And I'm so happy that Liz shared that because it was just confirming that I knew I was on the right track. So, what does our service unto the Lord look like as we're talking about that word service? I, I found a, a quote from Francis Chan, and if you know Francis Chan, he could be a little hardcore. So, so listen to this quote from Francis Chan. Let's start hardcore, and then we'll soften it up maybe. Francis Chan says this. He says, most of us use, and obviously he's writing to an audience, most of us use, I'm waiting for God to reveal his calling on my life as a means of avoiding action. Did you hear God calling you to sit in front of the television yesterday? Or to go visit, or to go to your last vacation or exercise this morning? Probably not, but you still did it. The point isn't that vacations or exercise are wrong, but that we are quick to rationalize our entertainment and priorities, yet are slow to commit to serving God. And Chan said that, and I said, well, I think I'll share that today. Think about what he's saying here. So I would like to start, I would like to begin to, by telling you that it starts with this deep conviction, deep conviction in our decision that, that needs to be made that, hey, it starts with this, I need to commit myself to serve God. It starts with the conviction that I have or do not have of serving God or not serving God, like do I have a conviction that leads me to decide like I'm going to serve the Lord? So I'm going to give you a few points today, maybe about some three points. And here's the first one. Write this down. Number one, when it comes to our service, a memorial to service, I, I wrote this down, and it's so true for those that serve in the military, and it's so true for those who come to the Lord. And point number one is this. You must be willing to sign up. You must be willing to sign up. 
You know, salvation is something that you can't sign up for. It's a free gift. It's given to you. You open up. You surrender yourself. And you say, yes, Lord. You say yes to him. But from salvation comes works. From faith comes works and comes actions. And that's the signing up. You need to decide if you will show up. You must decide with all of your conviction that you will commit to serve God. Point number one, I need to be willing to sign up. Do I have that conviction that I will commit to serve God? And when we talk about our service to the Lord, I always say this and I even write this down and I want to share this. It's no matter the cost because there is a price to be paid. I mean, we, we do it no matter, what's, what, no matter what it is. Our service is unto the Lord. And you'll see some examples and we've gone over many examples even biblically here. But our service unto the Lord, number one, are we willing to sign up? Will we say, yes, Lord, send me, let my deeds, let my actions, let, they be, let them be fruitful from the faith that I have? Someone who decides to serve the Lord and yet serve their own pleasures will not last long. Someone who decides to serve the Lord and at the same time please others will not last long. Someone who decides to serve the Lord while also living in the lane of comfort will not last long. I mean, I could go down a list of many things, but here's, here's some words from Jesus himself. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus says it to his followers, he says it to his disciples, and he's still saying it today to us. And he says this, he says, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one, you will love the other, you will be devoted to one, and you will despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Here's Jesus' very own words, and, and he's laid in that, laying it out for his followers. And, and you might hear this and you say, man, Jesus could be hard as well sometimes, and, and Jesus could be strong, but, but I want you to see the heart behind this. And, and he says, you can't serve two masters. You, you can't be for one thing and then another thing at the same time. You, you can't serve God and yet be enslaved to money. And I think about that word money, and what is that to you? What is that to me? Money can be wealth. Money could be anything of material gain, materialism, things that are materialistic. Money could be all kinds of things. Maybe it's something else to you. What is that to you? But we see what the Lord is saying in this phrase right here, in this passage right here. And I want us to understand that what he is saying to everyone that is going to sign up to the service, it's this. We can't be divided in the heart. A person that says, I'm going to serve the Lord, but whose heart is divided, man, you will, see, you will see that in their service. You will see that in their language. You will see that in their body. You will see that in what they do for God. You can't be divided in the heart because eventually you will be led astray by what is dividing your heart. And, 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 and it's something that we must always be remembered. And, and I want to take this Sunday as a, as a remembrance unto our service. Not just on Sundays, but a remembrance of like what happens during the week in our service unto the Lord. And th these are important things that when we sign up, we commit to serve the Lord. Here's something to write down. It's a commitment of, Lord, I'm all in. When I serve you, we're all in. I want you to think about someone who joins the military for a moment. They sign up knowing, hey, I'm signing up, but what happens if 
a war breaks out, they're signing up knowing that if a war starts, they're signing up for war as well. They have to go, they have to serve our country, and they need to sign up to fight. And that's what they're willing to do if they sign up, if they enter the service. And I think about this and I say, you know, there's not a clause when you enter the service and you say, I want, I want to be in the service. And maybe some of you who have served and do serve, you could correct me on this, but I'm sure there's not a clause on that paper that you signed where you say, look, I'll take a four-year contract, but I'll take a four-year contract without war. If war breaks out, then I'm going to exit out of my contract. I'm sure that's not how that works. I'm sure that when you enter into it, it's whatever it is, whatever comes, no matter the cost, you're willing to serve. Serve your country, serve your fellow brother, your, your fellow sister that's next to you, and you have to serve, and you have to defend that person next to you. When you're out in the battlefield, it's you and that person, it's you and your squad, your battalion, whatever it is that it's called, and, and I believe there's not a clause in the contract, well, well I'll defend my country, but but only if it's safe, only if it's comfortable, only if it benefits me, only if it's in a place where I like it at. That's not the service. And that's the same mentality when we come and we serve the Lord, our service to the Lord. It's not just to learn skills, tactics, weaponry. It's not just to know the scripture, right? The weapons, the prayer, the fasting. It's not just to know those things. But our service to the Lord is also to engage in this fight of spiritual warfare. You and I are in spiritual warfare. You walk into Target and you'll see you're in spiritual warfare. You turn on your television and you will see you're in spiritual warfare. You listen to what public schools are teaching and you will see that we're in spiritual warfare. You listen to the things that your families are saying and you will see that we are in spiritual warfare. And we are the soldiers that are serving in this warfare. That's what we are. We're soldiers during this time that we're living in. And we're engaged for whatever it is, whatever the cost. We're in this. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 21 through 22, there's a passage there that, that you've heard me share here before. And, and it's a passage that I actually love because um, here's this individual who loses his father. And Jesus comes to his life, and, and you would think, man, Jesus is so compassionate and so good that if he comes to someone's life who just lost his father, he's going to hug him and love him and have compassion and heal him and lift him up and say, okay, take some time off and, and, and get your mentals right and, and get your physical life right and, and get your heart right. And then when you feel you're ready, you can come and serve me. Go get all the help that you need and then come. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 8, 21 and 22, Jesus is speaking about the cost of following him, the cost of discipleship, what it means. And there's one section there that seems pretty intense. It says that one of the disciples comes to him and says, Lord, let me first go bury my father. His father has just died. And Jesus says to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. let's go, you know, come back to me when everything is right. Notice what Jesus is doing here. You might read this and you could say, well, is he discouraging him to follow? How many of you would say he's discouraging the disciple to follow him? Anyone would say that? What do you think is happening here? Point number one was you must be willing to sign up. 
You must count the cost. You must have a deep conviction in your decision making of, will I serve the Lord no matter what? I don't believe that Jesus is discouraging his follower here. I don't believe that Jesus is discouraging a disciple here, a potential disciple, a potential church member. I don't think he's doing that. I think what Jesus is doing is, I am more interested in quality than I am quantity. And I want to make sure that I'm not just bringing masses of people with this false ideology of what it means to serve me, but that I could raise up one, and if that one could serve me well, that one could win the masses for me. I think he was doing something in that one individual, and I think he's showing this in Scripture that he's more interested in the quality of the person. Jesus, all he was doing in this phrase, in this conversation was he was being honest. And what he was telling this man whose father had just died was this, this is what it means to follow me. If you give an excuse for this one, there's going to be another thing next week. And there's going to be another thing the week after that. This is what it means to follow me. And he wanted people to know it at the very beginning. And he grabbed this conversation with this man. And it's written in our Bible to teach us that, hey, I'm caring and I love you. But I want to lift up and and rise something, something so pure and powerful within you. Number one, you must be willing to sign up. Our service to the Lord, listen to this, please, will most likely not fit our convenience. When we serve the Lord, you'll see that he takes you to places, he puts you in conversations, or he'll cause you to open up in a time where it may not be convenient. Many times you you could go into it saying, oh my goodness, if I do this, if I make this decision, if I take this step, I may lose my job. Ever been there? And then you do it and God says, watch how I got your back after you did it. Because it's not for our convenience. We can't go with the mentality of, I'll serve God, but only if it all works out for me. Because the truth is, our service to the Lord, many times it will be an inconvenience to the comfort of our normality. It'll challenge the comforts of our lives. So we cannot be a people that will only serve the Lord if it fits our schedule or fits our liking. But we will learn that when we commit to serving the Lord, everything else is rooted in that. We don't serve the Lord if we have time. But if serving the Lord gives me time, I'll do that other thing. In every aspect of our lives, are we willing to sign up even if it's unconventional to all you know and to all that you believe? Think about that. It's no matter the cost. Lord, let me bury the dead, my own dad. And he says, no, no, follow me. The dead will bury the dead. He looks at that man, and maybe it was a young man, and he says, are you willing to sign up no matter the cost? Think about that for a moment. My second point to you today is this. What was he calling us to? He's calling us to something deeper, and it's this. You must be ready to, I could say it nicer. I actually wrote this down before I give it to you. I said I couldn't think of a nicer way to say it. I just thought of a nicer way of saying it. You must be ready to die was my first thing. But you must be ready to give your life. You must be ready for that. 
when someone serves, I, I think about our family, and wouldn't you do that for your family? If you're a parent, wouldn't you do that for your child? If you see danger coming right at your child, you would jump in the way of that danger? As maybe someone in the service would jump on top of some sort of bomb. I would jump in front of that bomb, whatever it is, for my family, for my children. Right? You would do the most craziest of things. You wouldn't even think about it because you recognize that your service unto them is to the point of, if I have to lay down my life, I'll do it. Jesus' whole point of serving humanity, of serving the world was, if I have to lay down my life, I'll do it. What does he do? He's bleeding. He's crying out. Blood's coming out of his pores. He says, Father, if it's your will, pass this cup from me. But nonetheless, Lord, let not my will be done, but yours be done. He knew the wrath, the cup that he was about to drink. And what was it? That he was going to have to die and lay down his life to serve humanity and to serve the will of the Father. Think about that for a moment. So number two. Regal, I'm going to just talk to myself because I would hate to make any of you feel like I'm pushing you against the wall, but I'm going to ask myself, Regal, am I still willing to die in my service unto the Lord? Willing to lay down my life completely. I grabbed a couple of scriptures. Some are very obvious that probably um, as we're talking about this, um, the text will come up to your mind. But I want you to think about this. In Romans chapter 14, verse 7 and 8, Paul writes this, for we didn't live for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. Did you just hear that? We don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. The ESV says it this way. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Everyone say, I belong to the Lord. I belong to the Lord. Whether I live, what? Well, if I die, I whether I live or die, I belong to the Lord. One commentary that I was reading says it this way. We must understand that from beginning to end, our life is connected to other lives. And Paul reminds the Roman Christians that no man is an island. In Christ, we're always connected to someone. It's a beautiful reminder that none of us lives for ourselves. None of us lives to himself. And none of us dies to himself. Again, think about, as we're talking about Memorial Day, and those that have given themselves for the service for our country, for us, think about this for a moment. Some of them risked their lives for that other person that was standing right next to them. Or for the one that was going to follow and they had to risk their lives. And many of them are not here today because they were willing to lay down their lives for someone else. Think about that. In the service, they teach you that. In the service, that's something that you need to understand. But I think about our service unto the Lord, my service unto the Lord. And sometimes what we could do is we could fall into the habit or to the motion of serving and when we fall into the motion of service, it can very easy, has this ever happened to you? Becomes about serving ourselves. It's service unto ourselves. And this is a very dangerous thing, and I pray that never happens to any of us, that we do not lose the value or the honor of serving someone else. There's a beautiful thing when we can live to serve someone else. Don't ever lose the value and the honor that you are called on this earth to serve someone else. 
So when you wake up tomorrow and you say, Lord, today, who do you want me to serve? You'll see that you'll become more fulfilled. You'll see that you'll become much more happier when you start to live your life for someone else, to serve someone else. I wonder if there's a testimony of anyone that could say, yeah, that's 100% accurate. Don't fall into the habit or into the motion of serving. Have we been there? Have you been there where it's just like, oh, this is what I do. It's a routine. It's a motion. It's just, ah, it's just a habit of this is what I do for the things of God. And we forget the value. Um, Eli opened up for 930 Huddle, and he was speaking about one of our codes, one of our values here. And he spoke about how an individual friend of his took time and spent time with him. And with his co- they had common interest, and they spent time together with that. And that other individual spent time serving him. And in serving him, won his heart for Jesus. That's a great reward. Don't lose the value and the honor of serving someone else. Because your service to someone else may open up their hearts to salvation. Point number two, are you ready to die? What do I mean by that? You see, to live a life that serves someone else, it's someone that says, I'm dead to self. I'm dead to self so that I could be alive to serve this person. Because if I'm alive to self constantly, then I'm going to miss the mark in what? Ministering or serving that other person. So it's better if I die to myself so that I could better serve that other person. So that I could put the needs of others. Guys, can you imagine this? Really living like this? Putting the needs of others before you while you're being filled by God and overflowing and your cup overflows in him, that you are putting others' needs before yours. Can you imagine that, what that does to a community of people? Anyone with me on that? Don't lose the value. Don't lose the honor of serving others. And very importantly, don't lose the value. Don't lose the honor of serving God. We know and we believe as scripture teaches that when we serve others, we serve God. Remember when they brought the children to Jesus and they started rebuking the parents and the kids? Shh, get out. Jesus, the Messiah's master's busy. He's doing grown-up things. Go back with your Lego set. And Jesus says, don't you ever neglect one of them. He even says, if you accept one of these, you've also accepted me. He, he grabs his followers and he says things like, hey, you, you saw me naked, you saw me in prison, you saw me hungry, and you fed me, and you clothed me, and you visited me. Remember that passage? When do we see that? When you saw it in them, when you did it for them, you did it for me. Our service unto others is also our service unto the Lord. We don't do it so that the people could see. We only do it because the Lord is alive in our heart. You guys feel me? Like we give the burger to the homeless person and then we take the picture and we say, hey, I posted it because why? Why did we post it on Instagram? Because you want to gratify. You want to fill yourself. You want people to see that you fed the homeless. Just feed the homeless. Because guess who saw it? The angel saw it. And God saw it. And trust me, he is happy with your heart. Serve each other. Serve your neighbor. Do you know your neighbor's name yet? Cook a meal for them. Make them cookies. Say, hey, I've lived next to you for eight years. Forgive me. Here's a a hot plate of cookies. Can I pray for you about something? Serve someone. Get out of your comfort zone. 
If you haven't served someone in a long time, that's because you're in a zone of comfort. I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to tell you, can you try this? Can you break through those zones of comfort? Can you break through your comfort? And can you say, I'm going to step out of a box, and I'm going to serve someone in a way that I've never or that I have not done in a long time? What does it take to do that? Point number two, you must be ready. You're not taking notes. You must be ready to die. I need to die to myself to be able to give my neighbor because I don't want to do it. Everything in me wants to be comfortable. If I make those cookies, I want to cook, make them for me. And then those 30 minutes of making those cookies, I'd rather just vegetate. But think about this. Let me serve someone. Let me die to my desires. Let me die to my flesh. Let me die to what I want. And what is it that God wants us to do? Come on, a memorial to service, an honor to service. How many of you could really consider your life and say, where am I when it comes to dying so that someone else can live? Amen? So that the word of the Lord can live. The name of Jesus could live amongst whatever community, whatever circles I'm involved in. Do not lose the what? The value, the honor of serving others and of serving God. We could say it's unto the Lord, but man, it serves us well. It serves well to us. As long as it benefits us, I, I love to do this. See, when we serve and we understand that it's not about serving for our benefits, our God is so good that he still rewards us, and we learn that serving him still brings great benefits. And that's what a good God we serve. I don't do it for the benefits, but my God is so faithful that he still allows me to enjoy the benefits of heaven. The benefits me. And even if I did not or do not receive or I never see it, we still go through it. For the simple fact we go through with it, that we belong to the Lord. Number one, we signed up. We still go through it. And number two, we're dying every day. We still go through it. Why? Because I, you, we belong to the Lord. Amen. We belong to the Lord. So a couple weeks ago, I spoke about the three Hebrew men, and I said, you know what? I'll just mention them again because it should be in your mind, that conversation, when we spoke about the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when the king, with the, with the statue of the false god and play the instruments, worship them, they did not. I want to remind you of what they told King Nebuchadnezzar, as they confronted the most powerful man probably on planet earth, the Babylonian King Nebuchadnezzar, it says in Daniel 3, 16, 17, and 18, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Remember this? If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Verse 18, I stressed this a few weeks ago, but even if he doesn't, what? Rescue us. We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. What did you get out of these three Hebrew men? What do you get out of this? Oh, my God, that was a long time ago. Definitely the word of God, you can't take it so literal today. That's what I get out of it. What do you get out of these men? They're ready to die. I think they were already dead. 
to say a comment like that, they're already living for another purpose. You see where God wants every single one of us in this passage. A point where we are dead to self. Maybe we need to be ready to die. Maybe we need to lay down our lives. They didn't serve for their glory or to serve any other man or any other deity. I want you to think about their service. We will never serve your God. The word serve is mentioned there. And we will never worship him or never worship them. You want to threaten us with death, but we already, we're already dead. You want to threaten us with death, but we've already died. And our life that has been given to us here on earth is for the purpose and for the glory of our Lord, of our God. So we can't serve and worship yours. There's a lot there that we could say because maybe there's not someone hmm, who's building an image and asking all of you at 3 o'clock p.m. of every day, bow down on your knees and worship him. And if you don't, you'll be in prison. Maybe you're not being said that. But maybe you're bending things just to work where you work. Are you bowing down to other gods? Maybe you're bowing down to other gods by your community of friends. You're bending the way you live your life because you want to fit in. Are you bowing down to other gods? You see how it doesn't have to be a gold statue? How we could be giving ourselves, how we could be divided in the heart, how we cannot be dead to self because other comforts might be challenged in our lives. Maybe it's a relationship, a future relationship that you'll get in. And I don't know how many warnings you need anymore. I don't know how many alarms you need. And the Lord is like, the relationship is not good. But you've bend a little bit so that it could be comfortable to you. And yet God is not honored in that. You see how your heart could be divided? You see how we could serve other gods? So what do we get on these three Hebrew men that are a reminder to me? Here it is, that their schedule, their calendar, their priorities were full. And this is what they were full. God occupied all of it. And that is my prayer for myself, and I hope that could be your prayer. God, occupy our calendars. Occupy our priorities. Occupy our schedule in our service that we must be ready to die so that he could occupy all of me. All of me. Paul, in, um, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, he's confronted and he says something very powerful. And he says this, I have been a constant example on how you could help those in need. By working hard, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Look what he says. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul had learned and had given the example that it is better to live for the needs of others. And this is what Paul is teaching us, that he had died to himself already, that he had laid down his life, that his service was truly unto others and unto the Lord. He died to himself, and he says that Christ now lives in him. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. When I first got saved, it was one of my favorite Bible verses. It's the first Bible verse that I memorized. It's the first Bible verse that I, oh, that I, that I lifted up and I loved. It was Galatians 2.20. And this is what Paul is saying. Christ now lives in me. I no longer live. 
But you're like, Paul, but you're living, you're breathing, you're on earth. He's like, right, but it's, but it's Christ who lives in me now. I've died to the old man. I've died to who I am and who I was. Like, it's over. And he continues to say in Galatians 2.20 that the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who's loved me and who gave himself for me. I serve and I give myself to him because he has served and he's given himself to me first. Christ saved us first so that we then could save others through the same gospel. Guys, number two, are we, are we, are we ready to die? Or are you already like, I'm already dead. Amen. You are in a, only in Christianity will you hear this. You are in a good place if you're living dead. Dead to your old nature, dead to your own priorities, dead to what you want so that someone else can be served and so that God could get the honor. You are in a good place. Amen? Matthew 5, 16, it says, In the same way, let your good deeds, your good works, your actions, let them shine. I am sure that this is a Bible verse that we're going to talk about in VBS. 100%. Because we're talking about shining in VBS. And we're going to encourage the kids that your good deeds, let them shine. But adults, listen to me. Let your good deeds shine. And the reason why you have good deeds, the reason why you live out in faith, the reason why you serve someone, the reason why you serve God. Look what he says here. Let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. The flesh would say, let my good deeds shine for all to see, so that everyone would praise how much I've sacrificed. And the Lord is like, you have the wrong heart, Regal. This is not about your sacrifice. I love when I hear, I listen to um, different podcasts, and some of these podcasts interview um, military people, and it's crazy because some of these individuals, they don't speak about some of the things that they've gone through. And you hear them in interviews and, and they're like, whoa, you did what? You went through where? You were facing what? You went through what building? You were, a face, you were surrounded by how many of the enemy? Oh my goodness, you, you had to rescue how many people? You were all burned, what? You were shot, how many? And you hear these stories and you're like, no. and, 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 and Every single interview that I hear from someone that has served in our service, almost every single one, I've, I've, I've ra- rarely seen a prideful serviceman, but almost every single one of these interviews, I've heard these men and women say, that was my job. This is what I was supposed to do. You remember when Mia Trotta was up here and Frank Trotta, and we were talking about the whole abortion, the whole abortion issue? What was the one phrase they kept saying? We're Christians. This is what we're supposed to do let your light shine let your good deeds shine for all to see not to see you not to see me not to see us and say my gosh look how much you've sacrificed for serving God no let your good deeds shine so that others can see and that in seeing your good works they could say there truly is a God who sits on his throne Let them see that. You must, though, be ready to die. My last point is this, and the worship team could come up, 
It's you do it for the glory of another. And it's tying all this together, and it's drawing it to what we've already said. If I do anything for someone, if I do it for the Lord, it's never for my glory. It's always for the glory of another. It's for his glory, and it's to glory in someone else. Amen? I sound good today? Let's glorify, let's glory James for amplifying the microphone and putting up the system and making it happen. You see how that relates to our everyday lives? It's not about ourselves. You do it for the glory of another. So point number one, I'll go ahead and say them again to you. You must be willing to sign up. Decide with all of your conviction that you will commit to serve God. You are a serviceman service woman in God's body, in God's army. Number two, you must be ready to die, lay down your life. And the third point, do it. Do it. Do it well, not for your glory. Point number three, for the glory of someone else, the glory of another. Man, our whole Christianity is about the glory of God and the glory just honoring someone else. Amen? Here's two scriptures. Maybe I'll give you three before getting into some reading that I did on glory. In Romans 11:36, it says, For everything comes from Him. What comes from God? I'm watching Conor McGregor's, um, and, and sorry, like, I don't mean to bash him. I'm not bashing. Actually, I'm not bashing him. I'm just going to bash a statement that he made. I kind of, because I kind of like Conor McGregor's swag and all that. But I'm watching Conor McGregor's, um, I'm not finished with it, his, um, his documentary on Netflix. And he's getting ready to fight, um, uh, what's the Muslim dude's name? Habib. And he's training for the fight. And it's fight night, or it's a couple of days before fight night. And I remember I'm watching this. I, I, I just watched this this week, and I, 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 I did one of these. I didn't know he said this till now. And he says, oh, I'm, you know, beep, you know, whatever, a lot of, lot, of, lot of beeps in there, but I'm going to beat him, and I'm going to smash him, and I'm going to smash him on the floor. I'm going to smash him. I'm going to, I can't lose. I can't lose to that. I can't lose to him. It doesn't matter if God's in the ring. I'll, I'll beat God too. And then I went, oh, oh. You, you just challenged God in an arena that you can't even stand before him in. And I love, I just like the way Connor, like, you know, it's all a show. Because they say behind that, it's, he's very quiet. He's very calm at home. He's a family guy. But you put the TV in front of him, he's like, he walks like this, and he says, I'm going to smash everybody. I'll smash God if he gets in the ring with me. And at home, he's this. I'm not saying that this is why he lost. But he lost that fight. He lost that fight. Habib choked him out. I think it was in the fourth round. And he had to pat on Habib's arm and say, let go of me because he was going to die. That whole fight was demonic. That whole fight was demonic. If you remember, before the fight, he threw a chair into Habib's um, bus. He had to go to court. He had to do community hours. Then they fought. He challenged God to a fight. That didn't work out for 
our dude Conor McGregor. And then Habib decided it'll be a good job to fight his trainer or something. He jumps the fence and gets in a fight, and, and, and everyone gets in a rumble. The whole fight was dark. The whole fight was demonic. You know why? Because you had men that were fighting a fight for their own glory. Not Christians, not us. You want to get Christianity ugly? Start serving for your own glory. You're going to lose that fight. You're going to lose that fight. Because it's always for the glory of another. You know how awesome it would have been if Connor would have just been like, I'm going to try my best. I trained hard. I broke a toll in training. But I think it's back. And I'm going to do my best to beat him. He's a good fighter. Then he loses. Like, think about how much more we would honor him. But instead, he was humiliated. Because scripture teaches us that the one who exalts himself must be humbled. And the one who humbles himself will be exalted. If you think this whole serving thing is about you, be very careful. Because scripture says you will be humbled. Just like those interviews with those servicemen. They're all humbled. They're all humbled. They, didn't, they don't come out and say, I killed five Afghanis yesterday. That's weird. They're humble. It's what I have to do. I just fight the good fight for the glory of God and for the glory of the one who fights next to me. I got to fight well. I got to do this well. Because my fight is also Eli's fight. Whoever wants to come up. My fight, it's also Arturo's fight. This link, this chain link will keep on going. I don't sit, and none of us sit at the end of the table. We all sit at the table. And Christ sits at the head of it. He is all glory. And I do this for the honor of my brother, of my sister. And we do this together for the glory and the honor of our God. This is our service unto the Lord, number one. Number one, are we willing to sign up? Number two, are we willing to die? And number three, am I going to do this for the honor of my brothers, for the glory of my brothers, for the honor and the glory together of our Father? If it's not those things, then just throw service and have a burial service because our service is dead unto the Lord. That stuff doesn't work in heaven. You get there, God, I'm here. Where's my mansion? Where's my street of gold? 
God's like, not here. You don't walk like that here. He exalts the humble. Those that want to exalt themselves, he humbles them. And the humble he will begin to exalt. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat, church, whether you drink, church, brothers, sisters, son, daughter, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever it is that you do, whether you are a tax collector, you work for, whatever you do, you're a trainer, whatever you do, you're a teacher, you're a mechanic, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, every aspect of you, every being, every fabric of your being, everything you do, you do it for the glory of God. Notice the scripture, not for your glory, for the glory of another. This is written to the Christians at Corinth in a passage that was warning them of idolatry. The whole context of this scripture is because they were deeply drowning in idolatry and he was encouraging them that they should give glory to God because he alone is fully worthy of it. Are you struggling with idolatry in your life? Like Paul, I say, whatever you do, give glory to God because he is fully worthy of it. Amen? Stephen Hawthorne, in a book that he wrote, The the Story of His Glory, says this. He says, glory, don't be thrown off by the religious-sounding word of glory. Glory is a relational beauty that every person's heart yearns to behold and even to enter. The word glory in scripture refers to the essential worth, beauty, and value of people, created things, and of course, the creator himself. The Hebrew word for glory is a word mean weight. Glory means substance. And at the same time, brilliance or radiance of beauty. I'll I'll pause there for a moment. Oh, Lord, give me more glory on earth. He's like, are you sure you want that weight, that substance on you? It's better you don't live with it. Give it to the Lord. He could carry all that weight. To glorify is to recognize someone's intrinsic worth and beauty and to speak of their features like that in a public way. So to glorify God is to praise And it is to speak of him openly and truthfully. Glory is at the heart of true worship throughout all of scripture. In Psalm 86, 9, it says, All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you. Did you hear this? Do you know that when you start studying the the, um, eternal kingdom, Psalm 86, 9 is still happening? Nations are coming to the new Jerusalem and worshiping the one who sits on his throne. They shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. You see that? The idea of glory, Stephen Hawthorne says, also describes honor that can be given or awarded. When someone is exalted or made great, they are, to some extent, in a biblical sense, glorified. So God... God is so rich in glory that he bestows extravagant honors upon his human servants without compromising his own majesty in the slightest. 
and Jesus exposes something in every single human heart. He exposes our habit of seeking as John 5, 44 tells us. Glory from one another. You seek glory, Jesus' very own words. You seek glory from one another. Did you see what I just did? Glory from one another. We seek it. Am I noticed? Can you call on me? Will you lift me up? We seek glory from one another. And Jesus says this, yet you fail to seek the glory that is from the one and only God. Jesus' very own words. Oh, Connor, you should have given glory to God that day. You should not have told God, I'll beat you even in the ring. Because no man has stood in the ring with God and won. No man. Jacob dislocated his hip. Lucifer was kicked out of the glory of heaven. No man can stand in the ring with God. God is not just loving people. In the scripture, we see that he is transforming us to become people who could fully love him. You know what God wants for you? It's to fully love him. God is drawing you, me, us as worshipers to offer freely to him this love-inspired glory. Isaiah 12:4 says, And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Point number three, your service is always for another. Amen? Isaiah calls Israel to make known his deeds among the peoples. So that nations can be reminded that he, his name is exalted. God reveals glory to all nations in order that he might receive glory from people through worship. Why do people struggle in worship? Because they struggle to give glory where glory is due. You know why people struggle in worship? Because they are committing idolatry. And people can't worship because their hearts are divided and they're serving two gods, three gods, multiple gods. But when you serve the one true God and your heart is not divided, but it's dead and everything is alive to Christ, your worship becomes alive. Point number one, are you willing to sign up? Make the decision, commit to serve the Lord. Number two, I'm ready to die. Number three, so I could give glory to another so that I would be fully yours, you would be fully mine. You do it for the glory of another. Let us not just think of serving well, but let us live in greater devotion to serve. How many of you could say amen? Lord, I thank you because you are a good God. I thank you because you are a good teacher. Holy Spirit, thank you for teaching. Thank you for your word that teaches us instructs us, convicts us, convicts me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would 
truly listen, these are just three. I'm sure there's hundreds of steps that we could have mentioned. But maybe if we could just discipline ourselves to these three. If we could just sign up and say, I commit myself to serve him each day of my life. If I could just sign up each day of my life. If I could just say today, I die to myself, to my pleasures, my wants, so that I could serve someone else's needs. Each day, if I could do that. Each day, if I could just show up and do what a Christian is supposed to do for the glory of another. Each day, if I could just do those things, Lord, I'd be so much more fulfilled. I would, I, I would live with so much more joy. Lord, I would live so much much more differently. Help us to honor the call of servanthood. Help us to honor what it is to be a serviceman and a servicewoman unto you, unto others. Give us the strength. Let us do it well. Thank you for this beautiful reminder on this beautiful Sunday that you've given us. Lord, we love you today because I know that today I need growth. I need maturity. I need to hear these words for me because it's for me. I didn't preach this message because, hey, it's first for all of them. It's first for you guys. No, Lord, thank you because it's first for me. It's for us. And from us, it goes to others. It's let us make it right. Let us decide right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being a good God, faithful God. Let us do it because this is what we are called to do. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name.